Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back, Decode Your Burnout fans, for another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. And today I am joined by Lisa Goldenthal. Top high-performance coach Lisa Goldenthal is the best-selling author of The Boss Weight Loss and creator of the original Skinny Jeans Workout that sold over 100,000 units in Target and Walmart. Lisa has been featured in Life & Style Magazine, KTLA 5, CBS News, Thrive Global, and WebMD. She's got over 20 years experience of transforming clients' lives, including Cheryl Tiggs. Lisa is recognized as an expert VIP, high-performance lifestyle coach, and corporate health and wellness specialist, creating customized plans for clients to combat sleep deprivation, stress, and unhealthy eating. She gets results for high-impact CEOs, senior executives, and busy entrepreneurs by holding them to the highest level of unbreakable accountability to achieve work-life balance and get in shape while increasing productivity and energy levels. She inspires clients to go from stuck to unstoppable in all areas of their life, wellness, weight loss, business, and mindset. You're probably wondering, what am I thinking having her on this show? This has nothing to do with burnout, but it has everything to do with burnout. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Oh, well, and wonderful to be here, Sharon. Thanks for that really nice introduction. Yes, of course. So I know that we're going to be talking about really how to energize your body for high performance, which I know every high achiever wants to know that because we're all struggling, especially when we're burning out. Energy is the first thing to go. But before we do, I'd love to hear your burnout story. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for asking. I mean, I can remember very clearly, like not having real boundaries around when I would work and not work when this whole pandemic started to happen and everything about the way that I did business changed. So I got real aggressive about, you know, jumping into everything that I do full force. And I didn't have any boundaries. I'd like wake up work, bring my computer with me into the bed and my phone, even though I preach otherwise, I'm just shooting you straight. Yeah, I work too much. And then I got burnt out and productivity starts to diminish if you're not working in sort of a Pomodoro way, you know, work break kind of stuff. So for me, I found going away and traveling even though I was working remotely, really helped me recover from that burnout and get sort of that higher vantage point that I always get whenever I get on a plane. I feel like I can really see my life from a higher vantage point and mm. take action to create it. 
And part of that was there was like no balance in my life. And even though I help others find balance in their life, I've since then found balance and I feel much happier now. I love that story. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are doers, who work too much. They don't have boundaries. They're always trying to get more done. It feels like there's that pressure that they always have on top of themselves. Some of it is coming from outside, but a lot of it is also coming from inside. So I know a lot of people can relate to your story. And often we take them through an exercise where you know they have that vantage point when they close their eyes and they're kind of meditating and relaxing and we're doing like visualizations. But I love this concept of actually physically being on an airplane and feeling yourself kind of at that higher vantage point where you're looking down, not just at the world, but at your life, like what is happening. And that gives you perspective. Like there was clearly a gap in my life. And when you're in it, you don't feel it. And then also too, I have ADD. So I was always like, should I be on Instagram? Should I be on TikTok? Should I be on LinkedIn? Should I be on Facebook? So really getting away from all that insanity and realizing what really matters helped me so much. So thanks for asking about that. Yeah, super good. So now you really got into weight loss and high performance and energy and sleep, like all these things that are really important to be able to continue to show up and do what you need to do at the office, at home with your loved ones. So what got you into this line of work? Well, it's interesting because as a coach, helping people with weight loss. And before that fitness, I just always started to notice that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. So really, when you start helping somebody with just tactics of fitness or weight loss, it's not really as helpful as if you look at the whole holistic picture of, are they getting enough sleep? You know, is there a work-life balance? Are they managing stress? Do they have a morning routine? Is there a mindset practice? Like all the steps that I teach in my book are not only about weight loss, the six steps to success. It has to do a lot with your mindset. Mm -hmm. So being that I can help people that are high performers that already are very routinized and disciplined, it's just about habit stacking to accomplish goals. So then I became more passionate about helping these people achieve other goals also to within self-leadership and success by just simple habit stacking. That's great. I love it. So I know when it comes to performance, and it sounds like you deal with a lot of super high performers, people that work in corporate America, people that are trying to build businesses. So what are the biggest myths that these people have that you've seen about being high performers, right? Oh, I love this myth that people think that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. As somebody who's helped a ton of people not only lose weight, but have unstoppable energy with intermittent fasting, one of the strategies that I'm really passionate about, it's not true. The breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. If your body is constantly digesting food, you don't have the energy to put into the things you nearly really need to focus on as a high performer, which is work. I love that you brought this up because actually we are culturally, you know, conditioned to think that this is true, that we have to roll out of bed. And the first thing we do is stuff our mouths with something. Right. And I think the idea there initially was food is energy. 
you've just slept all night. You haven't had anything to eat. You're about to go and do something. So we have to fuel you up. Right. right. So it makes sense conceptually, but right. then when, when you're looking at it from the perspective of what you brought up, and this is what I talked to a lot of my clients about as well. You know, if you think about your body that is digesting the food, if you think about it, like a factory, and I say to my clients, you know, imagine that you never turn the factory off, right? It's just on for like 18 hours a day. What's going to happen? Right. It's and they get it. Out. The body is going to burn out and it's going to be sluggish because it's constantly digesting food, especially before you go to bed. It's the worst time to eat. Mm-hmm. So there was like a really interesting study done by Japanese scientist, Dr. Oshumi, who won the Nobel Prize for Medicine in 2016 on the amazing things that happen inside your body during the times you don't eat. So a lot of times I put my clients on a 16-8 protocol with intermittent fasting. So during the times you don't eat, you're sloughing off bad cells and you're in a ketosis state. So then you're a fat burner rather than a sugar burner. And if you're burning fat for fuel, it's a more reliable energy source rather than if you're crashing and burning and you want that snack and you're loading up with carbs and sugar at three o'clock because you're crashing, then you get that energy and then you crash even more. And then you want more carbs and sugar because they're addicting. So it's a vicious cycle. And one of the most common causes of low energy is a diet that isn't giving you the nutrients that you need to be energized. Yeah. So we could talk about this, I'm sure, like all day long. Right. But I think, but I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because I do think that it is something that we have kind of instilled from the time we're born that you have to have breakfast. And while there's a lot out there right now about these kinds of diets like intermittent fasting, I still don't think that the large majority of people really understand what it's all about and why it's good for them. And so I think it's really important to talk about this from an energy perspective, especially if you find yourself dragging and you want more energy, actually eating less is going to do you a lot of good. So that's a fantastic myth to get us started with. What else you got? Okay, well, the blue zones would back that up too, just to close that loop. Dr. David Sinclair's done a lot of research and definitely the people that are living the longest are eating less. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that you don't need to sleep a lot if you're really busy. And when you're sleep deprived, your body isn't getting the rest that it needs to function properly. And studies have proven, and I can vouch for this personally, that when you're sleep deprived, your mood and your cognitive abilities change and your body can't perform optimally. So I know there's this really go-getter attitude out there in the world of just work harder and work more, and then you'll be more successful and sleep when you're dead. And that's not really true for me. As I get older, I know I can't perform optimally. And I know that firsthand because I have insomnia. So to fix that energy drain, I have had like one of my clients, Randy's had an extremely challenging two years. And how I help people with that is the simple tactics of, you know, getting on regular bedtime and that'll give you in the better sleeping patterns, which lead to being more energized. Yeah. And I think what happens, as you said, is we often focus on our to-do list and not on what our body needs. So we're not like, oh, you know what? I'm really running low on fuel. I need to go really go to sleep, right? To energize and I'll pick this up tomorrow. We're like, oh no, I'm not done with this project. Let me keep going. And 
we're just pushing ourselves beyond what we really should be doing. And then we're paying a price for it because what happens is then you get less sleep. And oftentimes, you know how it is where you go to sleep a little too late and then it's really hard to fall asleep, even though you're exhausted, you're kind of wired, but tired. That happens yeah, a lot. I've had that happen. Yeah. And so now it's like a double entendre. Now you wake up in the morning just barely. And you don't have, I mean, we talk about brain fog, you just don't have the energy to focus. So if you only kind of postponed it until the morning, you would actually have more brain power to get your work done more quickly than if you power through and lose sleep. Yeah, it's good for the blue light to have hard and fast rules on when you're going to shut down the work. Like I said, I had to learn that the hard way. Boundaries. The last meal, I would say should be no more less than three hours before you're going to go to bed. The last coffee should be no less than 10 hours before you go to bed. Work should shut down a couple of hours and you don't need that phone and computer in your bed. That didn't serve me very well. And I would just say have boundaries around when you're going to work and not work. If you want to have a relationship, which I do now and didn't then, and if you want to have family and you want to have a social life, it's really important to respect your sleep and have a Pomodoro technique I was talking about earlier to be more productive is just write down the night before to get all that stress out of your head that's keeping you awake. What do you need to get done? Put on a list and then work in chunks of 25 minutes on each thing. Turn off the social media, turn the alerts off. Don't check your email, just focus for 25 minutes on those things instead of stressing about them the night before. You know, when you said earlier to respect your sleep, I thought you were going to say to respect yourself. And then it made me think about how when you respect yourself, you respect your sleep. That's where you have boundaries in place that give you the ability to take care of yourself, not just of your work. Yeah. And and that's so powerful. It's not just respecting yourself, it's loving yourself. Like that was something that I had to really work on is just loving myself and acknowledging all the things that I've accomplished Mm -hmm. and loving myself through the hard times too. And because I love myself, I'm going to eat the right fuel to have the right energy. I'm going to get enough sleep to have the right energy. I'm going to have these boundaries. And then you show up in a way where people are like, when you lead yourself first, people will notice it. And you're a more powerful leader because Mm -hmm. people watch what you do not what you say to do. That's so strong. I love it. Okay. And what's myth number three? Okay. Well, we already talked about sleep and we talked about what you eat and I hate to bust this myth, but you know, alcohol is not your friend. either. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be making a lot of friends here, but you really need to limit alcohol if you want to be more energetic and productive And another hedge against that mid-afternoon slump is don't have drinks during lunch. It's the sedative effect of alcohol is, I mean, we all like to have a drink, right? But it's the midday, it's really the sedative effect is even stronger. And also to avoid a five o'clock cocktail if you want to have energy in the evening. So I think there has been a crisis of mental health and physical health and over drinking during this pandemic, because it's been stressful. We've all had to deal with unplanned stuff and life is like that. So if you think that alcohol is going to make it better, it's not, it's a depressant. You're going to wake up the next day, you're going to feel even worse. So I would say moderation because we all like to have drink, right? Yeah. And I just want to acknowledge that 
I mean, I know a lot of my clients when they're stressed out, they kind of talk themselves into drinking because they say, oh, it helps me to relax. And, you know, they're really stressed out. So it makes sense. Again, you know, all these things kind of make sense on some level, right? And this is why we do these things because we are able to rationalize them. But you have to also think about what happens other than the relaxation when you drink. And oftentimes what it does is it disturbs your sleep, which means that you are getting, you're not charging your batteries as well. And you wake up tired the next day and it's certainly not doing any favors for your weight because so many people gain weight from drinking, et cetera, et cetera. So I always say, if it's really like relaxation that you're seeking, let's find another way that doesn't really sabotage your health. Yeah. That's not good. If you change that habit right now, you'll have an instant energy boost rather than relying because we've all been through so much. It's been hard for all of us. Some of us like to shop. Some of us like to drink. Some of us like to eat. But in the end of the day, you want to feel good about yourself and you respect yourself and love yourself more when you start leading yourself first and having boundaries around when are you going to drink? When are you going to sleep? and Also, carbs are not your friend. So limiting the carbs and sugar and just get outside, you know, move more. I think that the myth of people saying, I don't have time to exercise is I'm just called BS on that because we obviously all have the same 24 hours in the day. So if Apple CEO Tim Cook gets up at 345 to have time to work uninterrupted and then go for the gym and be ready by five. We can all carve out 15 or 20 minutes to take a break and get some exercise. That'll energize you so much. So don't tell me you don't have enough time to exercise because you do. Yeah. So what it boils down to is really making yourself a priority. Exactly. Just putting it in your calendar, making a schedule, have a morning routine where you don't look at your phone. You don't look at your computer until you've done like for me, a little bit of a meditation practice, a little bit of exercise. It's not like an hour or two. What would you do if you had 20 minutes just for yourself before anything happened in your day? Just think about what would that be to you and do it. And, you know, here's a pro tip just to wrap us up. You said breakfast is definitely not the most important meal of the day. And in fact, it would do us good to skip breakfast. So think about how much time you currently spend on breakfast and use that time in the morning to exercise. And voila, you found the time. Thanks, Sharon. Absolutely. I'm so glad we're in sync on all this. I really want to help you guys. Just one small step. If you could take one of these tips and just implement it one at a time into your life, exponentially going to help you have more energy. I love it. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about ways that we can energize our body and be the high performers that we all strive to be and to do it in a way that is sustainable because we don't want anybody to burn out in the process. Now, if anybody who has listened to this wants to follow you or work with you, where should they go? Well, you and I met on LinkedIn, which is absolutely my favorite social media. So Lisa Goldenthal on LinkedIn. Follow me there. I put out free tips all the time on my LinkedIn. Fantastic. Very good. All right. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. And for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? I'm curious. If you're a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all you doers, 
What are you going to do based on what you've heard? Now, regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you're ready to take the next step with me to decode your burnout, go to decodeyourburnout.com. And I'll see you right back here next week.